I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 128 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Hi, I'm Andy White. Um, I am, if I can get the words out of my mouth, Kelvin Newman. That was my fault, I threw a piece of paper at him. No, just, yeah, no, not no, really, no, just kidding. Just, he always tries to choke me, you know, try and, you know, put me off my words. I threw a feather mop in his face. <laughs> right, um, it's a questions and answers. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't sound too camp, Kelvin. Make sure okay. you, you're going slightly camp. <sighs> yeah. Um, yes, first, first, I have in my hand a series of uh, pieces of paper. Uh, in fact, I think I have four, if I'm not mistaken. One, four two, three, questions. Four, four yes. questions. He says, wandering away from the microphone. Uh, let's start with the first one. Um, this is from uh, Hans Van Beek. Hi, Kelvin and Andy. From a steamy Bangkok, a big thanks for your great internet marketing podcast. Since I found the podcast a few months ago, I've been listening to it while being stuck in the horrendous traffic here. Well, I'm so glad that we, we help people stomach bad It's a little bit a little bit mad to be thinking of people listening to the show in, in Bangkok in a traffic but it makes jam, it, but there you it, go. It makes it worth, you know, makes it, it makes a bad time better. Anyway, uh, carrying on. Uh, that gave me uh, also ample time to listen to all your older shows that you made since the end of 2009. During that time frame of a few weeks, I could hear clearly the progress you have made in the podcast. And I'm not just talking about the, po- the cosy background noise of earlier shows. Yes, they're worth listening to. <laughs> Did I say cosy background noise? I think I did say it properly. Um, Great show. Well done. Here is a challenging SEO link building question, Kelvin, that I would like to get your thoughts on. We are just testing and launching a new site, jobcred.com. This is an advanced but easy to use free online tool for professionals to build, manage and download their curriculum vitae CV. It is a multilingual. Uh, sorry again. It is a multilingual site. All languages are handled under the same jobcreed.com domain. Thus, for example, the Dutch homepage is uh, jobcreed.com/nl for Netherlands, presumably. Uh, for marketing and communication purposes, it is, however, better for us to use jobcreed.nl for the Dutch market. Therefore, we have purchased this domain and redirected jobcreed.nl to jobcreed.com slash nl Uh, now we want to start building backlinks and here is my question of course we want to get the maximum seo benefit from the backlinks with dutch keyword anchor text to our dutch homepage. Uh, should we therefore create links that link to jobcreed.com slash nl or 
to jobcreed.nl. Maybe your answer is that it does not matter very much. In that case, uh, I'd, I would like to know if we should be consistent in using one of the two domains for the backlink building to the Dutch homepage, or can we just mix them at will? I've been Googling to find some answers to this, but could not find anything useful. Uh, thus, I now turn to the clockwork pirate. <laughs> Looking forward to your answer to this link building question and your next great show, Hans. Thanks, Hans. Ah, it's a good question. So, the common one, so the slightly a variation on, there's a common question that kind of veers off from that. So, I'll cover the common, the common element of it for people who might have a similar issue. And that is, um, when setting up a multilingual international website, do you have separate domains for each country and language? Or do you have them as subfolders mm. or subdomains? What the, is the answer, Mr. Um, Newman? Simple version is I very rarely go for subdomains. So you're then faced with the folders or separate domains. Mm. Now, simply put, the decision between the two is often determined by resource. So if you have a lot of resource and link building budget and resource for each country independently. Basically, if you're very rich. If you're very rich, the separate domains is the route to go. Mm. Um, if instead you're trying to be kind of bootstrappy or, you know, you're just trying to be efficient, the subfolders is the best way to go. And the reason for that is is a, sub, um, a separate website is seen as completely separate in Google. So the .com doing well has no different, no benefit for the .nl version of the domain. They're completely separate. Mm. No connection whatsoever. So that means each of them needs to stand on their own two feet. Um, whereas if it's a subfolder, and you build a link to the .com, to the American version of the site, mm. that benefits the Dutch version of the site, the Swedish version of the site, the you know Finnish version of the site. Mm. Um, and the Finnish version of the site benefits the Dutch version of the site and vice versa. Now, because all the links are all going to the same domain, that domain improves and they all benefit from sure. that. Um, but the dot, um, you know, the subfolder, where it's on the, off the .com, mm. Um, will never rank as well in that country as the uh, as a specific URL for that country. Right. So it's a kind of the quick win is in keeping it on the subfolder, but the long term benefit is in you know, linking to the um, the doc, you know the the local specific one. Um, and it sounds like here they've decided to go with the subfolder route, which I think you know is quite sensible. But now they're starting to build links, and his question is: Does he link to the the local version mm. or the local page? Um, if you're linking to the local version and you've got a redirect in place, the link equity will transfer over to that area of the site. But it's a transfer. It's going to take longer. It might not transfer all the value. Um, so I would suggest link build to the page that people are ultimately going to end up on. So the .com slash NL, um, not um, .nl. Okay. So the reason for that being is that, you know, Yes, the 301 will transfer that equity, transfer that value, um, but um, you're best off link building to the page where people are ultimately going to end up. Um, so, yeah, link build to the subfolder would be my answer. Now, there's permutations about why you chose that option, but given that that's how it's set up, that's how I'd say do it, link build to .com slash NL. Okay, well, hopefully that has answered your question, Hans. I do like your um, your phraseology there of being bootstrappy. Does that mean if I go to a pub and I'm a bit skint, I go, all right, let's go to the pub, Calvin. Actually, I'm a bit bootstrappy. That, that's a cue to buy me a beer, is yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. Okay, okay. I'm a bit bootstrappy today. Right, next question. Um, right, this is from, from, uh, from Richard Woods. 
Um, as an employer of SEOs, I like talking. Uh, sorry, start again. As an employer of SEOs, I like taking raw graduates and molding them into our way of doing SEO. Uh, but I always, I, I'm always unsure on how the first few days of their employment should go. I always like to get them looking at industries blog brackets SEO moz yours etc brackets i also like them to present three to four new things that they have discovered within their first week uh, on a friday show and uh, tell style presentation to the team if i said that right I think show and tell that. i think yeah. show, show, oh, sorry friday show, so I start again friday show and tell style presentation to the team uh, but i'm always unsure on this first week as it sometimes feels a bit hands-off so I would be delighted to know, dot, 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 what is the first week like for a new SEO starter on site visibility? Do you have any structure or ideas which could help me better organise uh, week one of a new SEO's career? Thanks a million, and keep up the amazing podcast. Kind regards, Richard Woods. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, we, at site visibility, we have a kind of standard induction process that I suppose is similar, you know, that deals with all the kind of who's who and all that type of thing. Um, but... If I could offer one piece of advice, um, I mean, I, I, I'll start off by telling you what my first week at Site Visibility was like Ooh, when I first, be laugh. Um, first joined. So in the run-up to um, joining, I'd, I'd, I hadn't really done much SEO. I was kind of familiar with it. Um, and I'd read a book um, called Search Engine Optimization: An Hour a Day was the name of the book. It's a bit like a SEO for dummies style book. Um, so I read that, and then the first week I read SEO book, which was actually a book at that point in time, whereas now it's kind of a private membership site. Um, and, you know, in the process of doing that, I kind of got a fundamental overview of everything that was involved in SEO. Um, and that's good, because sometimes the temptation is, and we have fallen into this trap occasionally, of where you go, okay, well, let's just explain one task to a person, explain how that works, get them to work on it, and then get them stuck in. Um, and then just do that over all the tasks that make up their job. But the problem is you never get the big picture. You don't get to see how it fits together. So what I now recommend is um, is there is the e-consultancy best practice guide to SEO, um, which is about 150 pages of A4. Um, and I, I think if you've read that, and it's actually a guide I've contributed to, but, you know, don't let that put you off. Um, but there's lots of people who have contributed to that. It's a basic guide to all SEO uh, if you've read all of that, I think you've got a very strong foundation to go on and carry off um, and get started. So in Richard's case, I would say spend the first day or day and a half, depending on how quickly someone reads, reading that e-consultancy best practice guide, then continue on with what he said after that, pointing people at the direction of SEO mods, podcasts like this, um, you know, SEO book and their you know updates that they have, their search engine land. Um, but I think it's really, really valuable if you're bringing someone in as a trainee, even if the plan is for them to specialise in a particular area, to get them to get that overview of all that search is about. So yeah, that's kind excellent. of how I'd go about it. An excellent answer to an excellent question. Well, I like those sort of questions. Moving on to the next question, the penultimate question. Um, this is from uh, Sousa Jonathan. Jonathan Sousa. I Jonathan Sousa. Sorry, I was confused because <laughs> his surname was written before his first name. I, I do apologise, Jonathan. It's been a bit of a long week for me, even though it's only Wednesday. Hi, Kelvin. I, I, I love your podcast and listen to it every time I mow my lawn. <laughs> I, I think that should be... Yeah, I would like that now. It's because we had the, the chat. Because listening in, in Bangkok traffic jams and he's mowing the lawn. I heard some... I think... I, I found I bumped into Richard. I think he listened... Uh, he, he was saying he listened when uh, pushing his baby to sleep in a pram. Anyone, when you're sending in questions, tell us what you're doing 
when you listen to the podcast. Yeah, do. It's, it's quite funny. Yeah. I'm surprised you can hear it above the din of the lawnmower. I don't know. I it depends what sort of lawnmower you're using, doesn't yeah, it? I, I hope he's got a sit-on lawnmower. You know, those ones that are a bit like a tractor you can drive yeah. around the garden on. I'd love one of them. Let us know, Jonathan. Is it a sit-on lawnmower that's yeah. really noisy and you can't hear us? <laughs> anyway, I'll carry on. I have a question about using a forum with WordPress. I have a relatively new website at uh, http slash double forward slash sorry you however, know, however http you know, at the ha- beginning how every website address yes, starts that but, but there's no www okay. cruisefever.net that's c-r-u-i-s-e f-e-v-e-r dot net and I'm writing to integrate a forum into the site uh, the main issue is that I want to be able to allow the users to have the same login and password for WordPress as I do for the forum do you know of any simple solution for this also, what would be the best solution for collecting emails? Shall I copy all of my forum's user emails into an Aweber, into Aweber, or use a separate opt-in form altogether to keep everyone updated? Uh, thanks for all the great information you and Andy provide. Loyal listener, Jonathan Souza, pronounced Souza. Thought I'd make it easy for you. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, he's, <laughs> obviously, he's obviously familiar with the trouble me and you have pronouncing uh, people's names. But oh, dear, fortunately, oh, dear. so there's two questions there. I'll deal with the first one first about kind of integrating a forum into a WordPress site. Mm. There's fortunately two options that are quite simple for that, that kind of manage and use the same database. Both of them are developed by the same people behind WordPress. Now, the first of them is BB Press, which is a, you know, BB stands for bulletin board. So it's a forum software <coughs> that that uses the same system architecture and database as the WordPress installation that you use. So that's BB Press. Mm-hmm. It's a fun- it's not the most functional form. It doesn't have as much as like V Bulletin or um, is, it, is it a plugin, Kelvin? Yeah, no, plug- it's a, it's a separate it's a separate uh, thing. separate piece of software. Okay, um, developed by the same people behind WordPress, um, and that's kind of a simple, basic um, form functionality. I've set a few websites up using that. I actually quite like its simplicity. Um, I think sometimes forums are all a bit too whizzy, giving everyone lots of options about what their, um, you know, their avatar is and what signatures they can have and you know, how they can set up blogs that no one ever does on a forum and all that type of thing. Mm. BB Press is quite pared down, quite simple and you know, quite effective. But if you do want more of that involved um, you know, additional functionality, um, there's another software that's produced by the people behind um, WordPress called BuddyPress. Okay. which is kind of almost intended to make a social network off your blog, as it were. So it's kind right. of got more of that profile. Is that a plugin or is it a separate? No, again, that's a separate, it's a separate thing. Okay, but right. They're kind of, it's, it's you know, it's a, you install it separately like you would a blog, um, yeah. but it kind of, they interconnect, they share data. So that allows um, what Jonathan's hoping to do there, which is to share the, share the login. Yeah, share the logins ah, there. cool. Um, that's more involved. Um, it requires a lot more styling. Um, the advantage of BB Press is it's very simple to take your WordPress theme and port it across mm. to BB Press. It's not as simple on BuddyPress because the, the pages are laid out very, very differently to how a blog is. Um, but both of those should have the functionality that he's looking for to share the database. Um, it's not dead simple, but it is the easiest way because it's all using the same, you know. Calvin, are they uh, both uh, online services, or yeah. are they so that you, can you get a big steaming pile of code and put it on your own server? Yeah, oh like yeah, it's, no, they're, no, they're kind of you download the code, you FTP oh, okay. it to your server. So okay. they're, yeah, they're they're the same as WordPress.org rather than WordPress.com. Okay, okay, excellent. And the second question about emails. Um, yeah. I uh, two email companies that I recommend. Um, 
absolutely everyone loves a Weber or a Weber. I've not really used them. So I use a them. lot of people rate them. I've not used them. I can't really express too strong an opinion. My preferred option, the Pure 360 are based down here in Brighton and like Friends of Brighton SEO. Yeah. Um, but I use most frequently uh, MailChimp um, that have a lot of those autoresponders. I would be careful with taking um, membership details and turning that into a mailing list without people realising. I'm not sure about the legal ramifications of that. I think you might be... No, I would check definitely I'm I not think, an email marketing um, expert I'm pretty but. sure that with a Weber and I might be wrong but I think with a Weber if you import a whole load of new email yeah. addresses it is double opt-in so they yeah. will initially get you you know do you yeah. want to be added to this site yeah. and if you don't click that's it it yeah. stops okay well that, that's that'll probably deal with a lot of that but I would say that um, a Weber a Weber I don't know how you pronounce it um, very highly recommended MailChimp and Pure360 also very good options as well mm. And yeah, put an opt-in form on your site. You'd be amazed how many people will opt into email newsletters. Just a quick question, actually. Just quickly going back to the first part of the question about the forums. I seem to remember uh, listening that um, forums were going out of fashion a bit now. Are they making a bit of a comeback, or I was I wrong in the first it's place? It's just Twitter because you know everything. Else, all social networks, the discussions are happening there. Right, quickly on to the last question, because Calvin's got a meeting, we've got to be quick. I mean, we're at 15 <laughs> minutes, we're at 16 minutes. Uh, this is from Ant. Uh, for my driving school, I'm going to do a monthly or bi-monthly competition to give away a driving lesson for novices to try and drum up business, slash get website traffic, slash links. I've registered winnerlesson.co.uk, uh, so going to have that on the car. However, I'm not sure if it's best... Uh, to when he says that I think he's going to have it printed on his car um, however I'm not sure if it's best to make people sign up to an email campaign list to get the chance to win uh, link to the website from Twitter slash Facebook or what email gives good contact numbers but links from Facebook slash Twitter is also good have you seen any good ideas for competitions and yeah it's it's an either or here neither better I mean so mm. when I launched my book Clockwork Pirate and get it at clockworkpirate.com there's the plug um <laughs> For free. Um, on that site, you kind of get it for free in, in return for sharing it on Facebook or um, Twitter. Um, I could have collected email addresses at that point. Um, the reason I didn't is because I felt that because it was free, that actually I'd get more value with people sharing that in their contacts and it spreads virally as a consequence of that. So the spread was more important to me than any follow-up from that. However, if I wanted to sell to those people, I would have been better getting their email addresses. So in Ant's case, I think what he doesn't necessarily want to do is get lots and lots of people entering the competition but then have no follow-up with them. He's probably better off um, having you know less people enter but more potential to actually contact those people. So I would go with the email address in that particular situation. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question, Ant. And with that, it wraps. Please keep sending your questions in. Kelvin.Newman at sitevisibility.com. Is that right? That's the one. That's correct, the one. Correct. Or, or phone them through on the special phone number. I've been Andy White. I've been Kelvin Newman. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three 
01273-256-150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273-256-150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. <laughs>